Welcome to the Dickio Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Owens, and today we're going to talk about deployment. A couple of questions that are related to each other that I get asked quite often are, what do you do in the military or what do you do in the army? And uh, also, what's life like on deployment? So I kind of broke those two questions down. Uh, hopefully, as we go through this, you'll, uh, you'll find them interesting and, and gain a little bit of insight into what life is like uh, out here for those of us who are deployed and what, what it is I actually do uh, for the Army. So let's start with, what do I do? Uh, so my job, uh, well, in the military we don't call it jobs. Uh, civilian world, you call it a job. In the military, you call it your MOS. Uh, mil- MOS stands for Military Occupational Specialty. So my MOS is a 56 Mike, which is a Religious Affairs Specialist. The Religious Affairs Specialist, I work hand-in-hand with the chaplain. And together, the chaplain and the Religious Affairs Specialist make up what is called the Unit Ministry Team. For short, we just refer to it as the UMT. Our goal or our job as a UMT is uh, is twofold. One, we provide religious support for soldiers, and two is we we advise the CO on the impact of religion, uh, specifically impact of religion to um, military operations. So, what does it look like to provide religious support? Or what does that mean? So the first thing we have to understand is that the Army is a pluralistic community, meaning that there are many faith groups within the Army. It is not uh, just Christian. There are uh, Jews, Muslims, Buddhists, Hindus. Uh, We have Norse. We have um, Latter-day Saints. We have Seventh-day Adventists. Uh, and then we also have those who are atheists, agnostic, uh, we have Wiccans, uh, we even have Jedis. So there are multiple religions uh, that we provide support for uh, in the military. Uh, and the reason we're there for, to provide religious support is that religion is protected under the First Amendment. The First Amendment right of all soldiers to exercise the religion of their choice and that's what we're here for it is not our role or our job to um, agree or disagree with an individual's religious choice Uh, we are here to ensure that if a soldier wants to practice a specific religion uh, then we ensure that they are provided the opportunity to do so Uh, and that doesn't mean that we ourselves will conduct the religious ceremony. Uh, chaplains are the only ones who can conduct religious ceremonies, and they are bound by their endorser uh, and their uh, ecclesiastical denomination on what they can and cannot do. But that doesn't mean that we cannot provide opportunities for those who want to um, conduct a different type of service. Uh, that's what that is providing religious support. That, that is what we do. We provide opportunities for soldiers to exercise their First Amendment right to practice the religion of their choice. Uh, and we support that 
by ensuring that they have that opportunity. Uh, additionally, part of our support also includes uh, supporting the command with resiliency efforts, uh, providing religious education. So again, some of the religions out there, commanders and, and other soldiers may not be that aware of. Uh, so it's our job to educate them and share with them what the different beliefs are. We're also here to assist, uh, support soldiers who require or request religious accommodations. So whether it's wearing the hijab, whether it's having a beard, uh, for Sikh soldiers it may be uh, being able to wear um, a turban. It's There's all kinds of different things that could fall under religious accommodations and our job as the uh, UMT is to assist them with um, writing and submitting that accommodation. And then the second thing we do is uh, we advise the commander on the impact of religion. So this advice, it follows uh, falls into the categories of morals, morale, ethical in issues, and then the impact of religion on military operations. So for instance, um, recently we have had Easter and Passover, uh, two major religions and or two major events in uh, Christianity and Judaism. And we are also in, almost a week into uh, Ramadan. And so all three of those, in addition to other um, previous holidays or traditions, uh, all three of those we briefed our commander on how they could possibly impact uh, our military operations. And so that's really uh, where we fall into in the advice category. It's how is this uh, tradition or how is this religious event going to impact or could possibly impact military operations. And then some broad overall, we have three core competencies, and these, these are the three things that we do on a daily basis. Uh, and that is we nurture the living, we care for the wounded, and we honor the fallen. And so those are the things that we really want to focus on and, and we make sure that we are, are carrying out on a daily basis. Now let's talk about deployments. So uh, next month, May marks my 16th year of service, so 16 years total service. Uh, eight of those years were active duty Marine Corps, and eight of those years have been uh, in the Army Reserves. Uh, active duty in the Marine Corps, I did three deployments. Uh, the fun thing about Marine Corps deployments is that uh, because you're on a ship, you get to go multiple places. So I have been to uh, Singapore, to Thailand, to South Korea, to Australia, Hawaii. Uh, I've also been to Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, United, United Arab Emirates, Jordan. Um, and then we also did some uh, operations in East Timor and a short operation in Iraq. So, uh, and I did all those on three deployments there. This is my first deployment to Afghanistan and my first one with the Army Reserves. So it's been uh, been very interesting. Life on deployment uh, in the Marine Corps is uh, is different than uh, life here in, in the Army Reserves. Uh, and I say that not <clears throat> that one is better than the other. They're just it's different. Uh, you know, being on ship, you have such a different lifestyle than actually being on 
on land and having buildings and different things. Um, you know, you're more limited on ship to what you can and cannot do. Um, whereas being here, uh, there you do so much walking. It's walk, walk, walk. Everywhere you go is a walk, um, and so it's uh, it's much different, much much different that way. Um, the uh, the daily ins and outs and the stuff that you do, uh, they're pretty similar. And, and I think that would probably be the same across the board for the military. Uh, you wake up in the morning. Um, prior to COVID-19, it was, or the coronavirus, uh, and all the protective measures I've put in place, uh, it was pretty structured. It was wake up in the morning at 5 o'clock, go PT or exercise uh, at 5.30. Usually got done around 7.00. Showered, cleaned up, went to grab breakfast, uh, and was back at work by eight. Um, and then, uh, and then that got extended a little bit to where we didn't have to be at work till nine, so it gave us a little bit, a little bit of flexibility there. Uh, from nine until five, uh, basically, we were working. Uh, whatever missions came down, whatever needed to be done, uh, before travel uh, restrictions were put in place. The, uh, the chaplain and I were, were traveling three to four days a week, and then we were back, uh, back here uh, at our main place for another three or four days. Usually we were gone during the week, and we were back here on the weekends. And we would travel out, uh, again, as I talked about, part of our, uh, part of our um, role and responsibilities is to advise the command on morale, um, and also just to go out and support the troops. So that's what we would do. We would travel we go out to different fobs uh, we check in with the soldiers that were out there to see how they were doing um, ensure that we there were times we would go out to provide religious services and then we just talk to the soldiers see how their morale went uh, was going and then we'd come back we kind of get in the same routine here we'd talk with soldiers visit with them here uh, we would brief the commander uh, based on the things that were going on uh, so now that we have, um, well, and then afterwards, so we get off work at five. Uh, then usually it was uh, hit the gym again, and then go grab some dinner, and then you're done for the day. So then at night, because there's right now it's eleven and a half hour time difference. So then by the time it's nighttime here, it's daytime back home. So spend the nights or early mornings talking to family and friends. A great thing, one of the big differences for this deployment than my three previous deployments is technology. Uh, technology, man, I tell you, there's there's Wi-Fi and Internet here. We didn't have any of that. Uh, my first three deployments, it was one computer in the birthing area that was shared by your entire, the entire battery or company shared uh, that one computer. And you put your name on the list, and when it was your turn, they came over uh, and got you. Sometimes it would be your turn at 3 in the morning. They'd wake you up and be like, hey, it's your turn for email. Um, I'm just going to sleep. Leave me alone. Right? And uh, other times you got up and you emailed people back home. But snail mail and email, that was pretty much all you had. Now, with uh, the Internet and Wi-Fi being here, you got WhatsApp, you got Facebook, Instagram. I've got this podcast that I'm doing, YouTube. uh all everything anything and everything you can think of you still have all that access so it's pretty amazing that you can still stay in touch uh with 
the family. Um, I'm able to have uh, my daughter and I, we text a lot. Uh, I talk to the boys uh, by video chat with the boys and, and my daughter. I do that uh, a couple times a week, just being able to chat and talk and see everybody. So, so the technology is very, is very nice. And so that is one thing um, that has made deployed life um, a little bit better, a little bit easier. So, um, but that was our daily life. Uh, again, it was wake up, PT, change, eat breakfast, go to work, eat lunch, go to work, get done, go to the gym, go eat dinner, go home, or go back to your room, and uh, talk to the family, watch TV, people are streaming, people are playing video games, uh, pretty chill at night. So, um, in our rooms, we have, uh, most of us are two-man rooms, so uh, we have roommates, uh, and we have a small little area that is just our own. Um, <clears throat> now, since, uh, since COVID-19 and some of the protective measures that have been put in place, uh, they, uh, this has changed, our daily schedules changed. So, part of that is that uh, due to working reduce uh, reduce shifts or to ensure that we're having fewer people in the office and not so much uh, especially in shared offices having having that space creating that social distancing uh, so what we do now uh, for the chaplain and I one um, is we split the days so we usually work half days one of us works in the morning the other one works in the afternoon a um, couple of days a week we work we both working, uh, and that's just because that's how the mission kind of dictates it. But for the most part, we try to maintain that that social distance uh, throughout the week. Uh, and then with that, it's kind of done PT on your own. So we've created some PT challenges to keep everybody motivated. But it has really uh, allowed me to working these half days has really allowed me to dive into reading, uh, which is uh, something that I enjoy doing, and it's given me more time to do that. Uh, so much so that I'm currently I'm reading four books, um, just to uh, uh, just to kind of jump into it and um, and really challenge myself and, and to immerse myself in some of these different topics. So that's been fun. Um, also with COVID nineteen, the uh, or with the protective measures that are in place here, we've got uh, chow. So chow is to go only and we get to go plates so that means that now i pretty much uh, the grills are closed so i for breakfast in the morning i always enjoyed the eggs fried eggs now you can't get that so i basically just eat oatmeal and then when i go up for lunch i usually grab lunch and dinner at the same time and uh, just because it i don't feel it's to go and uh, yeah it's just easier that way and then what i'll do is I'll still uh, exercise at night, but the gyms are closed. So we've got creative. We've found some tires and some sandbags and sledgehammers and different things like that that we use to uh, to exercise and stay in shape. You can't go wrong. Push-ups, sit-ups, pull-ups, and air squats. Uh, throw some burpees and some inchworms in there, and you've got yourself a good little workout. So um, you can't go wrong with doing stuff like that. So I sit back and think about what is my favorite part of deployment. 
I think the favorite part is just interacting with the soldiers uh, and getting to understand how the army operates and, and getting to understand the army a little bit more. Uh, like I said, uh, I uh, did eight years active duty in the Marine Corps, uh, and the Marine Corps, they indoctrinate you with everything Marine. Uh, so I really, even though I've spent almost eight years in the Army Reserves, didn't really understand um, the Army. I was always looking at it through uh, the lens of my experience in the Marines. So being here on deployment, being able to interact with soldiers, being able to see how the Army operates and learn more about the Army uh, has really gave me a just a greater understanding and appreciation uh, for the Army. And so that's been my favorite part is getting to know soldiers, getting to interact with them, and really trying to um, just understand and appreciate the Army a little bit more. My least favorite part is uh, is chow. Man, I, I'll tell you, to be honest, at least for me, and this is my own personal opinion, but since we've been to going to to-go plates, uh, chow is just downright awful for the most part. Um, <laughs> It's uh, you eat for sustenance, not necessarily for enjoyment. Like back home, I could be like, oh, I want a big steak and it's nice and get it seasoned really well. And you don't just eat it to to eat, to sustain yourself. You eat it because it tastes good and um, you enjoy it. And I can't remember the last time I enjoyed a meal. Um, so that is my least favorite part is uh, is the chow. I'm not saying it's it's horrible awful it's still edible it's just uh you know you you eat because you have to eat you don't necessarily eat and enjoy what you're eating um i think one of the ways that uh, deployment has has really challenged me though is just um getting to know myself better and finding contentment um in life you know, prior to uh, to coming out here, and probably for most of my adult life, I've never really been content, uh, and so I'm, I'm always looking for what's next. How can I do better? Uh, what's 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 the next step? My mind is always, even though I'm in a good place, my mind is always looking three or four steps ahead, and so I don't get to enjoy the moments that I'm in. Um, in the here and now. So uh, one of the biggest things that uh, deployment challenged me is finding contentment in the here and now, especially with with the uh, measures in place to, uh, to mitigate the spread of COVID-19. I've really had to, uh, to sit back and find contentment uh, in where I'm at. And I think with that, with contentment, um, one of the things I've discovered about myself since being out here is uh, I'm old. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I turned 40 in March. Um, and, you know, what's fun, it's nice, is that I can still compete with these young bucks uh, for the most part. On the run, yeah, they outrun me. But when it comes to everything else, I can hold my own fairly well um, and uh, so that's been that's been nice but I've also just really really discovered that um, I'm just old and my 
time uh, to do some of the things that are you know high speed low drag um, those days are behind me because I'm more of like uh, medium speed high drag um, type and uh, so I've uh, I've learned to accept that and I think that's a that's a hard thing to do especially when you're someone who has grown up just being competitive uh, and always wanting to push and challenge yourself you know, people used to ask me why I joined the Marines, and I said, "Well, because they're the best." And uh, now I've realized that um, they're all the best. It's uh, it's what fits you uh, in the moment, and if, as long as you do what's best for you, then that's that is the best. Um, and so I'm I'm learning to uh, to accept my my age. Uh, I still hope that I've left a, a good legacy with. Uh, the Marines and soldiers I've interacted with throughout the years. Um, but I've really discovered just that, um, that, that my time for some of the, the really cool stuff is, uh, is behind me and I need to focus more on what can I do to train the next generation and what can I do to, to, uh, guide and mentor the next generation of leaders, uh, knowing that you know, my time is coming to a pretty, pretty quick end here in a few years. So as we come to a close, I guess uh, the two big questions are what are what am I looking forward to the most after deployment and then what's really my military future look like? So the main thing, the big thing that I'm really really looking forward to is just seeing the kids. I mean, um, man, I, I look at pictures of them daily and I watch videos and I just can't wait to give them big hugs and kisses and just have just those those interactions um, just those moments you know so that's really what I'm looking forward to the most is just being able to be with my kids again um, I miss them they're all unique they're all special um, and uh, I see a little bit of me in all of them, and so it's fun to to see them. Uh, I mean, shoot, they're all they're all older. Uh, hard to believe that my daughter is going to be twelve here soon, uh, and then the other the boys will be uh, seven and six by the time I get home. So it will definitely. Uh, everybody's older. Everybody's uh, finished another year of school, so that's sad. I, I miss that there are milestones that I missed this year um, and so that makes me sad and I'm ready to get back and jump right back into that and to just get to see and embrace them again I don't know it's hard to put into words how, how excited I am and what I'm looking forward to with that uh, also excited to get back to work I do enjoy my civilian job um, and so I'm excited to get back there and start working with um, with homeless and veterans again and to just really be able to help help those in need uh, especially with some of the different measures and different things going on right now I know it's a it's a new world to it's, it's, it's gonna be a lot different than when we left so I'm excited to get back to see what role um, how I can contribute how I can help back home as well uh, and I guess the last thing I'm looking forward to is um, 
getting back in school. So I've um, waiting to hear back to see if I get accepted back into seminary. I took a took a two year break, two year hiatus. Um, got about another year left to finish up. So I'm excited to see where that takes me because if I can get in, then that will help me uh, in my path to becoming a chaplain. And then I can apply for the chaplain candidate program. And again, just see see what happens to where we go from there. Uh, that's kind of where I'm leaning uh, for my military future uh, is just to uh, to get back to continue to stay in the chaplain corps, but this time um, move from religious affairs specialist to a chaplain myself. So that's going to wrap up this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for listening. Uh, you have any questions or comments, please feel free to send them my way. And um, yeah, if you have any ideas for future episodes, please send that as well. All right, take care.